Our reading today is from Psalm 8. Our Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a full work because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are humans that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them stewardship over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field. The birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. What a beautiful hymn of praise to all that you have made, to you, holy God. Thank you for helping us to see you anew, even through the trees, through our windows. Open our eyes once again to all that you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Question. How is the glory of God known? How is it perceived? How is it shared? The psalmist in this psalm sings, chants, shouts God's glory, being higher than even the known creation that you and I can see that the psalmist saw with the psalmist's own eyes. The glory of God is beyond splendor, it celebrates. The glory of God associates with even mere mortals. Our God is unlike any near ancient Near Eastern deity, so the psalmist says, O Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. I love the ownership on both sides, the divine and the human, with the use of the word our. Our always goes two ways. So on this Trinity Sunday, I will reference master icon painter Andrei Rublev. Historically, Andrei Rublev was a simple 15th century Russian icon painters. Now, icons were liturgical paintings made for those who could not read, who were not allowed to read. So the icon became that window of a picture, a window to heaven. They were and continued to be painted in what appears to be flat scope called the reverse perspective so that they could not be interpreted as idols replicating God, the creator, 
redeemer, sustainer, Russian icons were a means of leaning into prayer, into devotion, and into service. And I want to use the word art, but they were more than art. They were a piece that provoked worship. The idol was not worshiped, but the, the invitation to see God, to worship God was there. I highly recommend to you the 1970s Russian movie Andrei Rublev to understand the meager, war-torn existence that this young icon painter Rublev experienced compared to the beauty of his icons, not just this one, but all of them. What he experienced in life bears no comparison to what he painted in his icons. The movie, I will pre-warn you, unless you've already seen it, you know this is brutal. It's violent, it is ugly, and it is intended to be, in my personal opinion, between the contrast of the reality, the gruesomeness that Rublev experiences through the movie compared to his icons. I have to take the word art out of my mouth. The colors that Rublev uses bear no resemblance, and the colors bear no resemblance to anything Rublev saw while he was creating these icons and while the, while the cathedral was being built which would house these icons. Vivid reds, vivid reds, blues, golds that defined the world of worship. One critic who raved about the film asked, what is the point or the place of art in such a world? The answer was in the epiphany of color, the beauty, the glorious beauty that contrasted so starkly with the environment that Rublev experienced. To this, I would add, given whatever obstacles life presents, Rublev captures this small reality at his time and in our time. The glory of God shines forth, surpasses all that seeks to destroy it. And as our opening prayer indicated, that glory of God shining actually half the time comes through you. It makes me wonder how those who experience trauma can even see the glory of God through recovery. Perhaps it is the hospitality of God's grace through scripture, through the gifts of you, saints, and sometimes just the presence of the Holy Spirit that we cannot touch, name, or command. Just the holy presence that opens our hearts in the most unusual times, not just beauty, but sometimes even in ugliness, to see God and to see and perceive the glory of God. So, Rubelev's Trinity is actually the story of Genesis 18. There's Abraham's, this is the story of Abraham and Sarah at home in their tent, and they were visited by three people. Sarah and Abraham said, shall we eat? And the three 
people said. Sure, so Sarah, impromptu, immediately prepares a feast without a deep freezer, microwave, instant pot, Dutch oven. She pulls together a feast, and Abraham believed that these three were divine, which is why we think they are divine. This icon has the Trinity seated in a circle around a table as one. We see three aspects of God sitting in fellowship over conversation and a meal. All three are the same in form and size. All three are clothed in the same ancient shittim and himation, though each of the garments bear different colors, hence aspects. The halos around each are the same size, same color. Each holds a stave or a staff in the left hand. Though it is hard to see in an image, you actually might want to pull this up on your phone and watch it in, in, right there in front of you. The staff may, this is just my input, may symbolize a walking stick. Each also has wings. So why would winged divine Godhead need a walking stick? What do you use a walking stick for? Journeying with, through. God journeying with you, through, yep. As God journeyed with the two on the road to Emmaus, so there were three walking together. The traveler God sits down at your, at our ordinary tables even if it's on a hike, in a car, in a house, in a church. God sits with you to sup at a table. And this is what Abraham experienced. Perhaps wings and a staff to say God is mobile and will be with you. In this picture, you have the creator who was seated beneath Abraham's tent. Can you go to the next slide? Oh, you are there, sorry, apologies, thank you so much. And then the box that's highlighted, so the creator is there, on the box that's highlighted, if you look on your phone, you will see that the tent of Abraham is actually painted as this, as this magnificent castle with open doors for the house of the creator. And the open doors, maybe that's for our staff, will help us walk into the house of God and as being our intended journey. The garments of the creator shimmer. They're not starkly harsh. They, they blend in, reflecting heavenly glory, essence. The creator wears all the colors in a kind of a fabric that changes color even as you look at it. Seems to be transparent. The creator cannot be described or confined in words or paint. We may perceive the wonder of Psalm 8 comparing the holy with nature and the creator's garments 
in this icon. In the center of this icon is the Redeemer, the Word of God. His clothes are typical bright red and the cloak in blue, often seen on icons of Jesus Christ, representing the divinity in red and humanness in blue, two in one. The Redeemer wears these deep colors. In his person, he unites heaven and earth, the two natures of Christ. Over the Redeemer's right shoulder is a band of gold. As Isaiah the pro prophesies, the government shall rest upon his shoulders. Towering above the Redeemer is a tree. Could it be the tree of life? Could it be the tree of memory where Abraham and Sarah lived and where so much communication with God's people happened? Memory, where Abraham created his home, where the Trinity came to visit and sup with Abraham. But it's a tree. Could it be foreshadowing the cross, the ultimate tree, where Jesus would hang and would rise from the dead? In Gabriel Bunge's book, The Rublev Trinity, he writes, one of my sources for this sermon, the colors of Jesus's robes and tree reflect the transforming power of cross and empty tomb. The Redeemer, like the sustainer, is shown in conversation with the Creator, which is, of course, what is real, revealed to us in the Gospels, where Jesus frequently prays to the one he calls parent, heavenly parent. Jesus specifically said to his disciples, and I will use the English language, the Father and I are one, he says to the disciples. I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and we are in you. The reverence of the Redeemer and the Spirit given to the Creator is voluntary, not compulsory. There's a nod, their heads are, yep. This nod, this reverence is not done out of fear. It is done, it is presented out of love. The same way Jesus' words to those first disciples and to you and me are also presented in love. If you love me, love the Creator and those whom the Creator has made. Now their fingers, are pointing to the bowl, and inside of the bowl is theorized to be a wee lamb, symbolizing the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. Now the last of the three, the Holy Spirit, the sustainer whose garment is like the blue, the clear blue of the sky, because the word spirit means wind, breath, and spirit, all three not just one, all three. And this clear blue sky fabric is wrapped around a robe of fragile green, 
So the spirit of creation moved over the sky and water in Genesis 1 verse 2, breathes in all of heaven and earth. The sustainer's head, like the Christ's head, is bowed toward the creator. The spirit is everywhere present and fills all things. As we were discussing, I wasn't, they were in early church. You can't pin that one down. It's a beautiful thing. Now in the Orthodox tradition, churches are decorated in greenery during the season of Pentecost. Worshippers wear green, the color of nature, the color of growth, the respect of Psalm 8. The perspective of these three, again I'm quoting Gabriel Bunge, about the posture of the Trinity. It is the creator who is the origin, who calls the redeemer and indicates the cup of the sacrifice in the center of the table. The redeemer comprehends the creator's will to become the bread of life and accepts bowing head and blessing the cup of salvation while the spirit, the ruach, the breath, the wind of God, known as the consoler, also accepts the will of the creator. The spirit's hand rests on the table and looks toward the creator, indicating trust, unity. The icon shows that the trinity communing together is our image of communing in relationship Trinity is a relationship, not a scientific explanation. It's a relationship that mirrors what Jesus asked of us. Within this icon picture, there's something I can't see, but an artist can see. There's the shape of a cup that unites the three. The contours formed in the painting now, Rublev did not put the cup into this icon, but art historians have seen it. The point of convergence between the three contains the mystery of the cup, the cross, triumphant resurrection, worship, communion, communing together. One last thing. There's an empty seat at the table. Can you see it? You see the creator, the redeemer, the sustainer, but who's looking? You and I are looking, and that's the empty seat. In this icon, we are invited to join the Trinity, the divine at this table to then function as the Trinity functions. We may come and rest, with God, sup with God in that open seat where you and I stand as you look at this icon. Listen, see beauty, see service, be excited for the opportunity to approach. Yes, but it's every day, not just once. It is at all times, which is the beauty of an icon. It sits 
so that people can always see it in a home or in a sanctuary. This is not a passive invitation. This is your place at the table. A table that was set in motion in the Garden of Eden. We are invited not just to sup with the Trinity, but to live as the Godhead does throughout the community. This is the power of love Jesus has given you. Does it excite you to think that you can walk up to this table and say, me? Yes. Trinity is a relationship, not an explanation. It is action, not pondering. The action of God in and through us. The action of communing and loving. This is the glory of God. Amen.